welcome to Common Sense Medicine. Yes, it's a new health podcast uh, that is evidence based, trying to get information out to people so that they better understand their health. That's right. Just trying to make regular medical knowledge more common. Yeah, and I think you know after we've been seeing patients for a while, we realize that's what people need. They just need more information to better understand their health, so they can make better educated decisions for their health. That's right. Go ahead. You are Melissa Wood. That's right. Family nurse practitioner with additional certification in lifestyle medicine. Which is awesome. And I am Tim Chen. I'm a family physician that has big interest in public health and evidence-based medicine. That's right. Now, again, this podcast is just—I guess—disclaimer time, right? This is just a podcast for medical information. This is not medical advice personalized for people because we don't know what people are going through. That's right. That's right. So, if you have any questions, any concerns, definitely consult with your provider before implementing anything new. Perfect. So now that's out of the way, we're going to get into today's podcast. Let's do it. Okay. It's counting. Hey, Melissa. Hey. How was your vacation? It was nice. Yeah. yeah. Quick little trip mm-hmm. to the beach. Yeah. It was cold. <laughs> it usually is this time of year. Though. Yeah. Well, and you're right. There's always some crazy people swimming. Oh, yeah. In the cold. And they were. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't handle it, though. No, no, no. Yeah. My kids, like, even in the pool, when a pool first opens, they're like, they just run and jump in there. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting here, like, like standing for a second. Cold plunge. <laughs> That's why people pay for that stuff now. All you got to do is just jump in the ocean. (laughs) That's right. Exactly. Well, today, um, this will be a fun one, Melissa, because we are actually going to touch on maybe the five most common questions that Mm -hmm. we hear. And I think the reason we're touching on this is because we hear all the time, which means people are probably all asking the same questions. And what we want to do is kind of open up or maybe our approach when we hear these questions and maybe some of the thoughts of how to fix these questions. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We hear a lot of the same things kind of on repeat in clinic and, you know, elsewhere. But, um, yeah, I think if we just kind of address those, um, hopefully give people a little more understanding. Yeah. So today we'll start off with questions like, you know, I don't have time. Or, and we can probably group it together with, uh, I'll start something when XYZ happens, mm-hmm. right? So that's a really common maybe statement that we hear. Uh, and we'll say why that might not be the best idea and maybe how to fix that mindset. Another one is how to approach fatigue and tired, right? So a lot of people come in, I'm tired, you know, and how we address that problem. And then maybe some ways for patients to try things at home to see if that's what's related. Mm-hmm. Um a big one, a statement, I can't remember to take my medications. Mm-hmm. That, I feel like, is nonstop. Yeah. We hear it all the time, mm-hmm. and I'm just not sure. You you remember to do other important things in your day, and that should be on the top of your list. Exactly, exactly. So maybe some tips on how to help yourself remember mm-hmm. to take your medications. Um, I don't eat anything. That one is... I would say, Melissa, for every wellness that we do, you know, for every 10 wellness that we do, seven people will have that. Well, I don't eat anything. I don't know why either my numbers aren't getting better or my weight's not coming down or mm-hmm. I don't, you know. Yeah, we hear it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll do some, we'll shed some light on that question. Uh, and then uh, people coming in with, I guess, the fifth one, I need more tests, mm-hmm. whether it's more blood work, whether it's more scans, whether it's genetic, te- whatever it is, mm-hmm. there is this big 
maybe push that. Hey, I saw this on TV. I saw this on the internet. I I want to check this out. And maybe our approach, and maybe the pros and cons of testing more or less. Yeah. Awesome. So I want to push a button. <laughs> it's a little like, theme music. That's right. Melissa, it helps us transition. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I was pushing buttons in here. I was like, I wonder what they do. And I was like, oh, that's fun. Okay. All right, well, Melissa, let's, let's start with this first one. So a lot of patients come in. I just don't have time, right? They're mom or dad. They're working. They're busy. And we see metabolically, maybe during their wellness, say, oh, your blood pressure is a little borderline. Cholesterol is not great. Weight's creeping up. So... You know, us, the coaches, we make some recommendations and recommendations. And usually the first thing people say is, I would love to, but I don't have time. Mm -hmm. So what do we do with that? Well, I think it just has to be a priority. Anything that's a priority in your life, um, you find time for. And so maybe it's sacrificing something else that... You know, maybe it's the extra Netflix time or different things like that. Maybe it's sacrificing a little bit somewhere else so that you can make time if this is something that's important to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think first of all, I think what people need to realize is we're not asking you to like, okay, I don't do anything to become a triathlete. Right. Right. Or I eat your typical American diet and I want you to become vegan. Now, we're not talking about <laughs> yeah. like these. Small changes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So even yesterday I had a patient who was like, you know, I have no time to exercise. I have nothing, you know. And of course, his joints are stiff. He has no energy. He just doesn't feel good. And so even something as small as like, you know what, when you're watching your Netflix just for this week, how about let's just do five push-ups? Mm -hmm. Right? You're yeah. sitting there. You got it on your tablet or your TV, the living room. The kids are asleep. What does five push-ups take? You know, 15 seconds. Let's mm -hmm. just do something. And even then he was like, oh, I don't know if I have the motivation to do to do that. You know, or five, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. I think, like you said, the expectation is Rome wasn't built on the day. Mm -hmm. So... Sometimes people will have the idea that, well, I don't have time to go to the gym for three hours. I don't, me neither, yeah. you know, but if we can do something small, we'll see definitely the benefit of that. Right. Yeah. And it doesn't have to, right. Like you said, you don't have to start some crazy training plan, you know, run a marathon, anything like that. Just making small changes in each day, whether that's incorporating a 10 minute walk or yeah, some squats yeah. in front of the television mm -hmm. or maybe a few extra minutes to pack a lunch instead of eating out, whatever it is, it can usually be fit in in a small amount of time. And it's just kind of arranging that. And sometimes people think, well, it takes forever to meal prep or to pack a lunch. And really, if you timed yourself, you could probably pack your lunch in, you know, under a few minutes, mm -hmm, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but it's just making sure that, you know, you have you know, you make the time to do that. Yeah, yeah. It just has to be a priority. And I think most people, once they see how they feel after they start becoming active or after they stop, you know, eating Snickers bars, I think how you feel will naturally fuel you, fuel you to do more. But the exactly right. Being realistic about what you're doing, being very small, but being intentional. Mm -hmm. uh, and I like how you said it doesn't take like... To fold a basket of laundry, which I will admit, <laughs> I am so bad. Like we are, we have mm -hmm. baskets upon baskets, but it really only takes like if you focus and don't like look at your phone every three seconds. It only takes like five to ten minutes to do a basket. Oh yeah, there's lots of tasks that we do throughout the day that really don't take as much time as we think, and so we put them off. When if we just do it, it 
it can be done really quickly. And that's the same with things like, yeah, the meal prepping, the exercise, really 10 minutes counts. Mm -hmm. If you can do Mm -hmm. nothing else that day, 10 minutes, walk around the block or in front of your TV, whatever, it still counts. Right. So squeeze it in where you can. Yeah. And, you know, when we were, I was preparing for this, you know, this episode, even just looking at the cost of inactivity. So, like, people who would, like, there's so many diseases uh, that are preventable, completely preventable by just being active. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we are not active, it's going to cost us, like, $27 billion a year. Wow. Which is just insane, you know. Mm-hmm. We we could use that money for something else. And, and like I said, even if it's just 10 minutes being outside, the days are getting longer, no more daylight savings time, <laughs> hopefully forever. That will make the mental health better, your sleep better. You know, it will make you feel better. It's just, it's a win-win. It's just, we just have to mentally be like, okay, I want to do this and I'm willing to do something small and then also have an intention to slowly grow that habit. Right. Yeah. And just start where you're at. You don't have to wait until Monday. That kind of is another one that feeds into this. A lot of times we hear, well, I'll start after things slow down at work or Mm -hmm. I'll start after the holidays. I'll start on Monday. (laughs) You know, it doesn't have to be anything playing out. Start today. Start with your next meal. Start with a walk after work, anything. Yeah, exactly. And and even with this, having a friend do it with you, your husband or spouse or wife and your spouse do it with you, accountability, it, just start somewhere together with somebody, mm-hmm. you know, that yeah. I think that will really help out because otherwise it's like we'll just keep kicking the can down the road mm-hmm. while we spend two hours on Netflix. <laughs> Yeah. And and if you don't have like somebody in the household that wants to do it with you, that's okay too. You mm-hmm, know, there's mm-hmm. lots of ways to find accountability, even if it's with your provider or health coach or yeah. a friend um, or just do it for yourself. Yeah. You know, you, you are your own person. You know, if you're, if you start demonstrating healthy habits, your kids may follow, mm-hmm. you know, different things like that. So start, do it for yourself you know, and maybe, maybe others in the household will follow. Oh, absolutely. And I think, you know, when you're doing it for yourself and you're just improving like your outlook, it makes you a better, I, I mean, as I said, I'll say that as a parent, when I'm taking care of my health, I'm a better dad. Oh, for sure. Yeah. The patience mm-hmm. is better, you know, and just playing with them. You have more energy to play with. So it does like taking care of yourself. I guess like we've seen enough of those airplane, like Put your mask on first mm-hmm. and then put the mask on your kid. That same idea. Like if we take care of ourselves, our health, we it will flow out into other aspects of your life. Right. And so it's worth that investment of time, you mm-hmm. know, finding the time, making it a priority. Perfect. All right, Melissa, moving on. Number two, I'm tired. I'm tired. Everybody's tired. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I'm so tired. Yes. Uh, it's a common, you know, theme, like patients coming in. They come in tired, and this might tie up with more ordering tests, but they're fatigued, you know, they're sure it's their thyroid, it's their hormones, it's something else going on. Um, but most of the time, even in data, that's usually not the case. Mm-hmm. Even, you know, looking at uh, our workup for fatigue, uh, most of the time that workup rarely finds a quote-unquote cause, uh, you know, by lab or something like that. So our approach to fatigue, we usually ask some of the most basic questions, right, Melissa? Yeah, like, are you sleeping? Mm -hmm. You know, how's your sleep? How many hours do you get? What's your normal routine? And 
a lot of times it's, well, you know, I'm lucky to get four hours a night. I've got to get up early for work. I'm up late doing stuff after the kids go to bed mm -hmm. or that's the only time to myself. So I watch some Netflix and then before I know it, it's midnight and have right. to get up at 5 a.m. And the baby wakes up at 2, all mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. But and yeah, so of course you're tired. <laughs> but a lot of people think, well, that can't be it. Correct. You know, it has to be something else. But, you know, even in studies that look at people that maybe get you know, five to six hours of sleep versus the seven to eight. Mm -hmm. After two weeks of that, their ability to concentrate during the day, their ability to focus, their ability to, you know, perform daily tasks at their, like, highest level declines rapidly. Absolutely. So it doesn't take long. Um, and so a lot of times it's just looking at your sleep first. Yeah, absolutely. You're exactly right. I mean, and it sounds so basic, right? If you're mm -hmm. tired, the first thing is how you're sleeping. Uh, but you're right. The amount of times I've heard patients come in where they're like, it can't be my sleep. Even though, right, the kids are getting into their bed. So they're getting kicked. They don't sleep well, right? Or even maybe they get the hours, but they watch a zombie movie before they go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> and they wake up exhausted. You know, mm -hmm. the, the brain, the, the emotions, like... There is this thing called sleep hygiene mm -hmm. that's had essentially it's been studied over and over. And the whole pro, uh, idea is a sleep routine to help your brain and your body calm down, yes. right, to get ready for bed. Uh, things like cutting out the caffeine, right? Mm -hmm. If you drink coffee and you can still sleep, which is fine, the restful sleep is not there, right? right? The brain activity is still going. Um, if you watch a lot of stimulating shows and then try to go right to bed afterwards, that's not going to happen, right? Laying in bed, watching your phone, there's no way you're you're going to sleep well. And like you said, a lot of people, it's their revenge time. It's the time for them to take care of themselves. So they go to sleep at midnight to get up to go to work at six. And yeah, you can do that for a couple of days, but you do it for a year or two. There's no way you're going to have any energy. Right, right. Um, and alcohol, when you were kind of listing things, mm -hmm. a lot of people forget about alcohol and they forget to mention it too, but they may be taking, you know, even just a drink before bedtime to kind of wind down. It may relax you in the moment and make you feel like you're sleepy and ready for bed and maybe you do go right to sleep, but it's not going to allow you to get that good restful deep sleep. So you're going to wake up the next morning still feeling tired. Um, and it's kind of a vicious cycle. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. In addition to like the lack of sleep, you know, stress is a big play on fatigue, right? Mm -hmm. So obviously, yes, yeah, stress can affect your sleep, but stress also affects all sorts of other hormones. Uh, and I have a lot of patients that come in and say, you know, I don't want to take a medication. I want to go to the root cause. Well, the root cause is you're not sleeping and your stress is too high, mm -hmm. you know? And so, you know, meditation mindfulness, these practices, deep breathing practices, they even have apps that help you do these practices that will help calm the stress, help the sleep, you know, that will give you a lot of the energy back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And even back to that exercise at mm -hmm. the beginning of the day and, and really any time during the day, but particularly if you can exercise in the morning it can further help your sleep at night. You don't want to exercise too close to bed because then you're like, you know, <laughs> you're all up. energized <laughs> and ready right. to go. So, yeah, kind of exercising earlier in the day, getting um, some daylight earlier in the day, like mm -hmm. go outside and actually get some daylight. Even on a cloudy day, you'll sleep better at night, too. Absolutely. Yeah, there's a whole circadian rhythm in the brain and, and this need to see light 
to figure out what to do and also to see darkness, mm-hmm. right? So right, not blue light yes. from your phone, but actually see darkness to help your brain kind of calm down. Mm-hmm. And these are, I mean, it sounds so basic. Mm-hmm. sounds so like common sense, but this is an area that maybe we, we think, well, I hadn't slept since I was in, you know, since our first child, my fourth child. So there's, there's nothing I can do about it, except there's a lot of things you can do about it. And that most of the time, if you look at the studies, it's like 5% of the time you actually find a reversible cause with medication. Mm-hmm. The other 95% of the time is just let's get the regular lifestyle things better and like right activity. We can fix a lot of the energy and fatigue if we can just fix a lot of the other things. Right. Yeah. And we didn't even bring up food. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> food. Yes. And every, I think everybody's been through that too, you know, where they're kind of eating a terrible diet and mm-hmm. They feel tired all day. They feel, you know, that crash after lunch where they don't want to do anything except lay down on the couch, which they can't because they have to kind of keep pushing through, hopefully. Right. But um, <clears throat> but some people do, actually. <laughs> I had one patient tell me, like, she lays down and takes an She works from home, so she lays down and takes a nap mm-hmm. in the middle of the afternoon every day. Must be nice. And, <laughs> but then she can't fall asleep at night. Right. So, yeah, if you're napping during the day, you really shouldn't. Um, right. I guess there's some information on like a 15 minute power nap, which Mm -hmm. could be okay. But for most people, if you're taking a nap, you're probably going to mess up your sleep that night. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. I mean, I hear about like Spanish countries, they take siestas, but they also eat dinner at like 9 p.m. Right. And stay up till like midnight and then they don't go to work till 9 a.m. So yeah, yeah, obviously lifestyle is very different, but exactly right. If you're sleeping an hour in the afternoon, it will disrupt your sleep in the evening. Right. So it is the point of the podcast, common sense medicine, right? So, all right, which I guess, Melissa, this brings us to the next point. So a lot of people, right, they're tired, they want labs, and they want a lot of labs, a lot of weird labs. Some, some, you know, I can see, okay, your thyroid, okay, some hormones, maybe. But a lot of it's just, well, I saw on Instagram, they have Mm -hmm. this problem, or I'm in part of this Facebook group, and they all want all these labs. Mm -hmm. But there is definitely... Not just like wasting money, you know, because I, I mean, I don't want to, I'm not going to tell you how to spend your money, right? If you want to buy a Ferrari, buy a Ferrari. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as your physician and as our as healthcare providers, we do want to tell you there's more than just the risk of money. There's also the risk of overdiagnosis, which can lead to overtreatment, which can also have false positives. There's a bunch of things that can happen. That isn't just like, well, I just want to spend money. What's the harm for another mm-hmm. CT scan, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot a lot of things that we can find on tests that may or may not make any difference to your out, outcomes. Right. Um, but it could lead to additional testing just to make sure it was, say, a false positive or, or things like that. And after all this additional testing, it turns out, well everything's okay anyway, your number's just going to be off, you know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And so you've gone through all this additional testing, all this additional cost, and the outcome's essentially the same. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I I heard one time, um, if you CT scan somebody enough, they're going to lose an organ, right? Because, Mm -hmm. right, you're going to see a spot. And even just to make this relatable, like how many women have gone to a mammogram, right, got the mammogram done, they saw a lump, they go in and biopsy the lump. They're like, oh, I don't know. Let's reseat, you know, mammogram in six months. We'll ultrasound it and we'll do all these things. You know, $5,000 later, it was normal, which everybody's like, whew, okay, great. thankfully it was normal. 
But then you look backwards, you're like, well, if we didn't even do that, mm-hmm. we wouldn't have found that, you know? And so, and this actually has been something that, like, probably why patients are noticing, like, hey, why are they recommending mammograms every other year now? Mm-hmm. Or why are they recommending pap smears for women every three to five years now? Mm-hmm. It's because we've had enough population data where in patients for just routine screening, just routine labs, like, you can run the problem where you're not going to make them live any longer. You're not going to make their quality of life any better but you're going to do way more procedures on them and scare the fire out of them or even cut out a gallbladder, mm-hmm. you know, uh, just all because we found something that we think was something except it wasn't anything. And that actually, I, w- I was looking at, again, the numbers, the, the cost of over-testing, over-treatment, it's actually 30%, up to 30% of everything we do in healthcare, cost-wise, is actually probably not useful or not needed. Mm-hmm. Because like you said, it didn't affect the patient's quality of life if anything, it made it worse. Mm-hmm. It didn't affect their length of life. Uh, it didn't help anybody except we just cut on people more. And that's actually a problem. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, um, you know, anything that leads to an invasive procedure is risky. And, you know, healthcare cost, um, cost of, you know, to the patient, you know, quality of life, all of that can um be affected by additional testing. And, you know, that's not only invasive procedures, but even things like additional blood tests. Mm -hmm, You know, if mm we are rechecking, you know, say a number on a CBC that the patient's, you know, particularly concerned about, even though, you know, we see that it's a little bit out of range, well, they want to go on to, say, a hematologist. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We get them to the specialist. They've been worried about it for a month, thinking they have leukemia or something, but it's really just kind of a a normal variant Mm -hmm, of their lab. mm -hmm. And they went through all that extra step and worry for, yeah, something that ended up being okay, which is great to have that reassurance, I guess. But you know, sometimes, it, it, you know, yeah, it's just a lot of additional work up for saying the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes ignorance is bliss, right? <laughs> if you don't know things are happening because it's fine, it's normal. Mm-hmm. I, I always tell people, you can't make healthier pe- healthy people more healthy with more tests because mm-hmm. you're going to find things and you can only make them more unhealthy. Yeah. Right? And so this is something... Um, so ever since I've you know I've been working in this clinic, more of a population health view. And again, this is different than saying I found something. I have a symptom of something. We're chasing this symptom, but the very routine like I'm just tired. My sleep is horrible. It's got to be labs. Mm-hmm. You know, like that. That you can run into sometimes trouble. And yeah, we'll definitely see. You know, th- thankfully more recommendations come out. But back in the day, like yeah, you see a, a bump in the lung. This person's getting like four CT scans in two years, (laughs) which is a lot of radiation too. And so sometimes you can end up causing problems trying to find a problem. Mm -hmm. So I guess uh, the moral of the story is, you know, when you come to us and you talk about blood work, we're going to listen and we're going to pay attention and we're going to take all the information you give us. And then we're going to give you what we think is best for you. Mm-hmm. Right. And, it's not, and we're not saying no to be mean mm-hmm. and we're not going to not draw something to be mean. But we're going to say things like uh, we can do this. It can find this, but it's not going to change anything that we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. And that's, I guess, the best case scenario. Right. Yeah. And a lot of times I'll tell people, you know, if everything turns out normal, mm-hmm. you know, if we go ahead and talk it over, you know, yeah, we'll go ahead and check these things. But if everything turns out normal, we really do have to address what else is causing this. And a lot of times it is like 
sleep, diet, exercise, you know, all the things that we know we need to address. But if we can get a number on a lab test to be wrong, Uh we can blame it on that, you know, but really it comes back to the lifestyle first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got like exactly the lifestyle. If we're at Vegas and we're betting on lifestyle, we will make a lot of money. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Or the odds will be in our favor. Right. Right. So, okay. Well, Melissa, let's move on to this question or statement of, I can't remember to take my medication. Mm -hmm. So I have a lot of patients that may be not interested in lifestyle and that's okay. You know, look, you know what, this, in your stage of life, maybe that, and that's okay. I mean, as, you know, physicians, we take care of people in all stages of, you know, wherever they're at. But not only are they not willing to do lifestyle, they can't take their medication. (laughs) (laughs) So we got to do something, right? Right. Uh, Blood pressure is through the roof. You know, cholesterol is horribly high. Diabetes is completely uncontrolled. And if you look at the data, it costs about $500 billion a year of preventable hospitalization and death if we would just take the medication. Yeah. Right. So that's more than what we spent on pharma. It's yeah. actually like, <laughs> hey, can we just get the medicine? And we're not talking about expensive, hard to take medication. No. It's just regular. Yeah, regular that's meds. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's it'll, yeah, yeah, it'll save you those complications in the long run. And yeah, that kind of goes back, I guess, a little bit to the priority thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you remember to brush your teeth. You remember to, you know, get your project done at work, you know, whatever it is, you know. Find a way to remember your medication, you know, make it a priority, um, set it next to something that you do every single day, mm-hmm. you know, brush your teeth, make your coffee, wherever you're going to see it and remember it, put it there, keep it in your bag, take it to work, whatever. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's just all about a, uh, a priority. And if, if it's like, hey, I don't know how to take this medication because it's three times a day, talk to us. Mm-hmm. There might be an alternative that's once a day now, or maybe a new one that's come out that's once a day or twice a day, you know, that we can use instead. Um, because, right, it's more than just like, okay, it's going to cost healthcare system a lot of money, which will raise all various premiums. But it's also like, hey, if we don't fix the blood pressure with as a $4 pill that we can do, you know, we will be on dialysis, mm-hmm. which will be three times a week, you know, three hours at a time. And $26,000 a month. You know, like, that's the role we're going if we don't just, I don't know, be responsible and take the medication. (laughs) Take it. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I had a thought. (laughs) Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, well, I will. I will let you come <laughs> come back I'll with come that. Come back to that. One. Yeah, no, no. I mean, it's it, you know, I like what you said. Like things that you can attach it to things that we do all the time. So, right, put it next to your toothbrush. Set reminders on your phone so mm-hmm. you remember to get it. Um, put it on a nightstand right next to your bed. You know, put it where you make your coffee or something that you do every single day so that it becomes second nature. And right, obviously, we're hoping that the lifestyle will follow. But if we are not really there, it's okay. Our focus is just let's just become compliant on the medication. Uh, and if you're not, just tell us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a guy, his cholesterol jumped. I was like, what happened? Because my nurse said you were taking your medicine. He's like, I am taking it just twice in two weeks. And I was like, <laughs> okay. Not enough. <laughs> not enough. Yeah. I remembered what it was. Okay. <laughs> When you were talking about taking medicine multiple times a day, mm-hmm. a lot of people will say take their blood pressure medicine in the morning and their cholesterol medicine at night. Yeah. And they'll say, oh, well, I, I forget the nighttime dose because, mm-hmm. you know, r- their routine is different or whatever. 
Well, if, if it, it's a case of not taking it at all versus taking it maybe in the morning with your blood pressure medicine, mm-hmm. you know, talk to your doctor, see if that's an option for you. But a lot of times it is, um, you know, better than not taking it at all. Correct. Oh, and then one more thing. If you're coming here for fasting labs for a checkup, you can still take your medication. Yes, yes, yes. yeah. We don't want your blood pressure to be through the roof when you get here. So, yeah, go yeah. ahead and take your medicine. Exactly. Happened today. I was like, what does it usually run? I was like, well, no, I just didn't. Have... And so, right, because we need to know how it's going. And we need to know if we're going to adjust for medication, how to adjust it. But if we're not taking it regularly, it's going to be inaccurate. And then it can actually become dangerous. Maybe we think you're taking your medication for your blood pressure. It's still high, so we double it. Mm-hmm. Then you start taking it and you're bottoming out. Mm-hmm. So definitely just let us know. It's not a problem, but we do recommend like, let's just start taking our medication. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Melissa. And we will wrap up with this one because this is the one that we probably hear the most. I don't eat anything. Yeah. But nothing I think at all. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, and okay. So, right. I don't eat anything. I keep getting weight. I don't eat anything. I don't know why my sugars are high. Right. Uh, first of all, that's that's not usually possible, but and I, and we'll prove it to you because the Ozempic craze, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody's getting their Ozempic. Everybody's lo- a bunch of people are losing weight, mm-hmm. so that tells us that you were eating something because mm-hmm. now you have a medicine that makes you not eat something, and you're losing weight. And so, how do we? <laughs> we're not calling anybody liars. No. We're not. Call- but sometimes it's <laughs> it's actually. Not misperception, but what we think of nothing is different than what the person, patient Mm -hmm. thinks is nothing. Right. Yeah. And yes, and sometimes it is just being honest with yourself first. You know, you don't have to, you know, give us even like a food log or, you know, whatever. But, you know, when you really look at it and kind of analyze what you truly are eating. Maybe it's the, you know, after dinner snack that Mm -hmm. now that you're on Ozempic, you don't crave that late night snack anymore. And so you've skipped it and now you're losing weight. Mm -hmm. So really kind of looking at each picture. So if say, you you know, you're not on anything for weight loss, but you would like to lose some weight. Mm -hmm. Kind of see, you know, if if you were put on something, what would it make you not crave? You know, oh, that's a good way to kind of think of it like that. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're having certain cravings or things like that, chances are you're probably giving into those cravings somewhere. Yeah, and all the medicine does is kind of help to to slow those down or dull those, and so it's a lot easier to skip them. And so some people will say, "Well, I have to try then." <laughs> <laughs> we did. <laughs> yeah, we've had. Yeah. Yes. But, um, and that's okay. Sometimes you do have to try. I have to try every single morning Mm -hmm. when I get up to work out at 430. (laughs) You know, like there's certain things that you have to try. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, prepping your meals, skipping the extra snack, different things like that. Um, Being honest with yourself first. And yeah, is that a priority? Is that something that you're willing to work on right now? You know, if you've got tons of other life stressors, maybe that isn't your priority right now. Maybe, you know, it's not at the top of your list. But when that does come, become a priority, you'll find ways that you can modify. Correct. Yeah, no, that's, I don't think you can say any better. Because, right, first step is 
Um, my first step is just kind of be honest with where you are. Um, and actually, Tamika, our health coach, what she had told me is every once in a while, she'll ask patients, like, it's okay, because they're like, I don't know what I'm eating, I don't know what I'm eating. It's like, just take some pictures of the foods that you're eating. So, mm-hmm. right? so they'll actually snap photos, because they'll say, I'm using the plate method. Except when they took the picture of the photo, the plate is like the double jumbo like mm-hmm. plate and not like the normal plate. Mm-hmm. And, and just switching them to a salad plate, all of a sudden they start losing weight. Um, the concept with Weight Watchers is essentially that, right? I'm going to help you count points so that you don't eat as much. And a lot of patients, when they do Weight Watchers, one of the first things they tell me is they're losing weight, they feel better, but they did not realize how much food they were actually eating. Mm-hmm. Like I thought it was just a serving of, you know, corn, except it was like three servings of corn, you know. And so sometimes and we can help with that. If you took photos of everything that you eat or you logged everything that you eat, we can help you visualize, OK, this is maybe where we're struggling with mm-hmm. and how to improve that. And you're exactly right. The second thing is the snacking. Snacking is so easy to do. Often it's mindless snacking. Often it's like I had a patient tell me one time, a whole box of Cheez-Its. Mm-hmm. At bedtime, the whole box, you know, and at first we're like, wait, like the 100 calorie packet, the whole box. The whole box. Yeah. Yeah. And since he switched over to the smaller packet, it's the way it's gone down, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, sometimes it's liquid sugar. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, I don't eat anything, but I, oh, but I do drink, you know, the Starbucks double macchiato. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if that's a thing. I just made that up. <laughs> Uh, yeah. But you're right, right. A lot sweet of tea all sweet day, tea all Kool-Aid day, Kool Aid all day. We've heard that. Yes. Um, and then, of course, a lot of alcohol too. Yes. You know, a lot of people follow a pretty healthy diet, but then they, you know, drink at the end of the day, and yep. that's a lot of extra extra calories. Yep. I had actually a guy come in yesterday. He's like, "Hey, I, my cholesterol. There's nothing. I'm not doing anything. I can't do anything." And I was like, "Beer?" He's like, "That's it." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're like, oh, yeah. And sometimes it's helpful just to talk it out. Mm-hmm. You know, m- maybe mentally we feel like we have tried everything. We're not eating anything. Why is it not moving? Once we talk it through, you know, that's helpful. Um, sometimes maybe, uh, and I'll say a uh, patient will put this on our Facebook page, like one of the biggest things that make them maybe quit, you know, they don't eat it. They'll feel like they don't, they don't eat anything, but they're also not seeing the results mm-hmm. when they try to cut back. Uh, but when they came in for their blood work, metabolically, they've improved a lot. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes right, the expectation might not be like, I need to get my waist size to X in X amount of time. It might just be like, what in what my metabolic you know, life is doing as I'm doing these changes? Right. Yeah. You know, if your blood sugar is running high or cholesterol is running high, making some changes in your diet, you know, regardless of weight loss, you know, can definitely make a difference in those numbers and in a pretty short amount of time. You know, a lot of times we can, you know, see blood sugar change by your next meal, you know, if you just change what you eat or what you drink. Um, But having that feedback can sometimes be helpful, you know, and that would be a case where, you know, having your regular checkups to see what those lab numbers are doing, even if you don't see the scale moving much. Yeah. And we've actually put that for patients like, hey, you know, if you've been doing something for four weeks, come let us check your cholesterol. Let's see where it's going. And oftentimes, because usually four weeks is kind of like that max where people are like, I'm about to quit. Mm -hmm. If I'm not seeing inches come down or something like that, and we'll check it and their numbers will be significantly better. And as they continue to work on it, I think we talked about this last time, the idea that you're going to lose 30 pounds and keep it off in three months is not accurate. 
Right. The mindset needs to be, it's going to take about two years mm-hmm. at least. Yeah. You know? And don't set a deadline, you know, um, just make the, make the healthy habit changes mm-hmm. and, you know, just start incorporating things into your day-to-day routine and eventually, yeah, eventually that follows. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Melissa, we touched our points. Yeah. Yeah. I think we hit them all. Yeah. Well, um, any closing thoughts that you have? I think, I think we covered it. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Well, next week, I don't really know what we want to talk about next week. You know, we might talk about, because I, I put a poll on our Facebook page. Mm-hmm. So if you're our Common Sense Medicine Facebook follower, there's mm-hmm. a poll there asking people, if you were going to start something new, what made it happen? Mm-hmm. And from that poll, it actually brought up, what was your biggest hurdle mm-hmm. to, to keep things going versus stopping? And they actually had some really good comments. So maybe we bring that up and we talk about that. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, so starting something new and then the hurdles to To, to keep out. going. That's yeah. right. All right, thanks, Melissa. All right, thanks.